Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. The show that is so bad it is the world's only podcast that actually has a bad smell. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe-smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine. And uh, reminding you, you must be of legal smoking age wherever you are in order to listen to this show. So if you're not, go ahead and turn it off now. Okay, there you go. On this week's episode, in uh, Pipe Parts, for those of you that are old enough to listen, I'll uh, recap my trip to, to Tennessee two weeks ago. And then my guest is another journeyman pipe smoker. This one is Pastor Joda, who, you know, I've heard his name for a long time. So, surprised he's only been at it five, six years now. And then we'll have uh, music, mailbag, and rant. All that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. And as uh, this show goes out uh, tomorrow, the next day, will be the final episode of Country Squire radio. So, uh, if you, uh, if you've, you know, everybody should tune in and listen and download that at least. And yeah, if you've uh, missed a few episodes, well, you know, go back. It'll be their final one. So, uh, I was there. I heard it live. Lots of fun. Also, uh, we are one month away from the Chicago pipe show. Yeah. Four, four weeks, four and a half weeks from now, I'll be on an airplane heading to Chicago. Looking forward to seeing a lot of you there. Uh, you know, it's always a good time. And while you're talking pipe shows, yeah, the Las Vegas International Pipe Show, the website is up and rolling. We uh, we have uh, we have a hat that you can purchase this year. Uh, also, rooms are we are sixty percent sold out on room nights already. So thank you very much to those that have done that. And uh, do make sure and head to the VegasPipeShow.com website. There are uh, early registration benefits if you uh, sign up and pay your stuff now. Everything's on the website. If not, my email address is there. You can uh, email me and ask me any questions you want. All right, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. For you, dear... Say, my favorite pipe tobacco, why that swell? I haven't seen this for years. Wherever did you find it? On tidbits.com, of course. You mean the Pipe Collectors Auction site? Yes, that's right. They have vintage and hard-to-find tobaccos, pipes, and accessories, too, you know. You don't say. I can buy all those things on tidbits.com? That's right. But you can also sell some of those pipes and tobaccos you don't smoke anymore, too, dear. Perhaps you're trying to tell me something. Visit TinBids.com, the pipe collector's auction site. A Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe is the perfect pal. Going fishing, take your corncob pipe and see you back at dark 30. Hunting, your corncob pipe swears it won't make a pop. Relaxing and reflecting, you add your corncob pipe at relax. Party time, your corncob pipe doesn't produce a cool smoke for no reason. Let's just say your Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe gets you. Visit www.corncobpipe.com to get yours today. Missouri Meerschaum Company, authentically original, authentically you. And 
and we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. All right, trip report time. So the uh, the less pipe related stuff was uh, the uh, drive to uh, when wife and I drove to Gatlinburg, spent the night there. We hadn't been to Gatlinburg in fifteen years or so, and hadn't been there without kids. So we get, went there, got there kind of late, but uh, you know checked into the hotel, got up the next day, and uh, just kind of hung out in Gatlinburg for. Uh, for most of the day and a couple of high high highlights high notes let's try to speak english here uh highlights was i got to stop by the gatlin burlier in uh downtown gatlinburg which i hadn't been to in years and uh just a great old pipe shop and cigar shop filled with a ton of old uh ephemera to look at uh including some really old cigarette packets that boy i really wanted to buy one or two but not for sale, and small tins of tobacco, not for sale. Uh, and then we went to the uh, the aquarium of the Smokies, the Ripley's Aquarium, and that I got to tell you, what a great place, including the little penguin march. So they took four of their African penguins and walked them through the through there and played music, and that was fun. Uh, then the next day we went to Nashville. And again, wife and I had never stayed in downtown, right in central Nashville, and um, I now know why. But anyway, we spent two nights there, right off of uh, Broadway, and did some, you know, walked around the honky tonks and some of that stuff. Had some great food. Um, weather was not real conducive to being outside and pipe smoking much. But uh, other than that, yeah. Um, word to the wise: if you're not into the wild party scene, do not go to downtown Nashville on st patrick's day yeah all right so the next day on saturday we got up early and uh, headed down to columbia tennessee for the Briarworks show and so many people there so many people that i saw and got to say hi to and meet with and uh, so much going on it was so packed on saturday that it took me 45 minutes to get through the first six tables and then i turned around and sat down <laughs> i turned around and went back out so that's you know, too much. I got to get some coffee and sit down. Um, did get to spend about an hour or so sitting on a couch next to uh, Neil Osborne and uh, Ronnie B and hanging out with those guys. So that was a it was really great just to just have that time just to sit and talk and watch people. Um, there, uh, it was packed. It was packed. There was a blending seminar that uh, that Jeremy Reeves gave, and you know. Couldn't get near it. Uh, kept bouncing in and out of the room during the day. And I was, you know, and again, I, I was going to go back the next day. So I was like, whatever happens in that room can happen. Uh, so I did that. Uh, the, the two food trucks that they brought in, great food. And then uh, spent Saturday later in the day sitting with uh, Jess Steer and a bunch of his friends and got to hang out with those guys. So, again, a lot of really good hanging out time. Um, now the benefit for you know for us was that uh, the uh, Davis family, Jody's family, invited us to come and stay with them. So spent Saturday night with them and went to dinner with them and spent Saturday night there. Sunday got up the next day and went to the pipe show itself. And now I finally got a chance to walk around and look at pipes and talk to the vendors. And it seemed like everybody had a good show. I would estimate that they had over 400 people through that show in that small space. So uh, Pete Prevost and I talked a little bit about how he's going to get more room and expand it. I mean, it was so busy on Saturday 
that it was 41 degrees outside, yet they still opened up the big roll-up door to the front of the store to <laughs> to add some more space and and allow for some airflow. So, just a uh, just a great event. Sunday walked around. Um, I didn't buy any pipes. I was gifted a tin of the uh, Cornell and Deal anthology, so I get to smoke that. So thank you very much. Um, again, just so many people there that I wanted to talk to and wanted to say hi to, but it was just packed all day Saturday. Uh, Sunday by about 5 o'clock, again, you know, after sitting and smoking and hanging out with people, uh, went off and went back to uh, went back to the Davis farm and uh, hung out hung out there with them and then on uh, monday uh jody came home from playing on the road that weekend and i got to hang out with him in his workshop and uh, chat with him uh highlight of that is you know of course when you get a chance to see a pipe maker's workshop you're kind of going into their inner sanctum but we got to sit and smoke our pipes and try some of his uh, fresh roasted coffee and he's showing me all the pipe stuff and then I look up on the wall behind me and he said, and there's four gold records and a platinum record and a Grammy nomination certificate and a bunch of other stuff. And Joe, so I, so I mentioned it to Jody and he said, yeah, I just put them up there, you know, whatever. He was more interested in the pipe stuff. Um, Saturday, uh, Monday night went to dinner with uh, Shane Ireland and his wife, Todd Johnson and his wife, Jody and his wife and Steve Norse and, my wife came along and we got to meet uh, little baby Ireland. So that was fun and just a, a real nice dinner and good to hang out with all those guys. And then Tuesday made the drive home. So there's the, uh, there's the entire pipe smoking weekend, lots of pipes smoked and uh, lots of people. And it was a lot of fun. And I can't wait for next year's Briarworks show or the Mule Town pipe show. Cause I know Pete's got some ideas to make it bigger and better. All right, in uh, just a moment, my conversation with Pastor Joda. This is Internet Radio. Hi, I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell and Deal. We know pipe smoking is a personal journey. That's why our small team of blending and production experts take a personal approach in every step, preparing tobacco products just for you. We source top quality leaf through the personal connections we've made around the world, hand blend that leaf, and carefully package each tin. Each product, from special releases like our small batch line to our most popular mixtures like Autumn Evening, are made right here in South Carolina by professionals dedicated to providing the finest of smoking experiences. Lighting up a pipe is an exploration through evolving flavors, thoughts, memories, and even dreams. From our hands to yours, Cornell and Deal tobaccos are your passport for that voyage, provided by people who, like you, value the journey. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show and joining us for another one of the uh, the journeyman pipe smokers, the five to ten year guys, the, the ones who have made it over the hump and can still remember the hump. <laughs> is uh kind of a you're, you're kind of a, a legend yourself so pastor joda welcome to the pipes magazine radio show hey brian i don't know about the legend thing but i appreciate you having me uh, i i seem like you've uh i seem like your name has been around for a long time so uh let's get to know you where'd you grow up 
what did you want to be when you grew up? Have you grown up yet? All right. Yeah, I grew up in actually in Winston-Salem. So right in the heart of tobacco country mm-hmm. in North Carolina. Um, and kind of stayed in the relatively close to the area the majority of my life. Gone away for college and things like that. But uh, did not really ever picture myself doing what I'm doing. In fact, kind of told my mom I would never do ministry for sure. <laughs> uh, so I don't know necessarily if I knew what I was going to be when I grew up. You know, when I was in high school, I thought it'd be cool to be a rock star or something like that. Uh, I did want to do stuff in the music industry for a while as far as like producing and recording and, and things like that. But all those things kind of fizzled away with real life, family and wife, kids, all this stuff. So you are an actual pastor. Well, I'm uh, actually currently where I am. I am a worship pastor. Um, I've been a kids pastor and a youth pastor, and I've done worship. And I've also been on staff at a church doing communication stuff like graphic design and things like that. Um, I've not been a lead pastor, but that's about the one role in a church I've not held. And I think that's probably God's grace, honestly, when I think about it. <laughs> what's the uh, what's the line from uh, from Garth Brooks? Some of God's greatest gifts or unanswered prayers. <laughs> Amen to that. Yeah. Um, all right. So growing up around Winston Winston Salem, you must have known somebody that worked in the tobacco industry growing up. I knew tons of people that worked in the tobacco industry. And it's kind of crazy because there really were not a lot of pipe smokers in my life. I can only remember one. Uh, and that was my some of my best friends when I was a kid. Their dad smoked a pipe. And I don't know, maybe I remember one time him actually smoking it in proximity to me. But I remember going to their house and it was the 80s. So it was, you know, the leather furniture and <laughs> sitting next to his chair was a pipe rack with a pipe jar or a tobacco jar in the middle of it. And I'm sure it was full of Captain Black because it smelled great. And I just, I always thought that was smelled so good and was so cool, but I don't know. I never really pictured my sm- myself smoking a pipe, but there were lots of cigarette smokers around me for sure. But that was not anything that was attractive to me at all. So I never really dabbled in cigarettes or anything like that, but lots of, tobacco people and tobacco industry people around me my entire life for sure. So how did pipe smoking come into your life? Well, uh, my first career was uh, doing graphic design for an in-store marketing company. So uh, Reynolds was one of our customers. Uh, And then, so obviously we were working with tobacco products and this was at the time as things were starting to fade out with in-store marketing of tobacco products, cause all that stuff has kind of gone away, but it used to be, you would have displays holding cigarettes or whatever. Yeah. And then we actually got, um, we got some projects with, uh, I believe it was Scandinavia tobacco group or one of those companies. And we ended up with a bunch of pipe tobacco, uh, <laughs> and it was all, you know, Borkum riff and Paladin half and half and Granger and stuff like that. And we would use the product in making displays or doing the 
the projects and then eventually that would be you know we would just get rid of it and so i ended up with a couple of pouches of like paladin cherry and borkum riff light whiskey you know those things that i thought smelled amazing and went and got a corn cob at walgreens and was like i'm gonna try this out smells really great and uh shoved the bowl full like i was thinking in my mind all this needs to be like a cigar it needs to be really good and tight and so i just crammed it as full as i could finally got it lit and uh just proceeded to absolutely roast my tongue and my mouth and i wondered if i was doing something wrong or if this was the way that it works (laughs) i'd smoked cigars a little bit um and i didn't recall cigars doing that to me uh, so this was probably early 2000s, and because of partly because of that experience, I was like, "This is kind of cool, but I don't think it's something I'm gonna like really pursue." So I might smoked back then, you know, two or three pipes a year, like if I was playing golf or something like that, or just you know had a craving for that smell. And it was honestly more like burning a candle than actually. <laughs> I was more interested in the the aroma than the taste. Cause it didn't seem to match. Um, and then sometime, I guess probably about 10 years ago, uh, I was able to get my hands and probably was a little bit longer than that. And I got my hands on some shortcut to mushrooms and some ruins of Isengard and tree beard from just for him back in the day when they had their middle earth series. And that showed up in my mailbox and I opened the package and was hit with that smell of Latakia, and I did not know. I thought I really messed up, and they sent me something that was ruined or spoiled, or I just did not understand what it was I was smelling. So I tried that and actually enjoyed it, but it was still one of those things where it was only a couple of times a year, vacation or something like that. Uh, So then probably about eight years ago, I started getting a little bit more regular, but then about 2018, I have no idea why, but I was like, I'm going to do this, this pipe thing. I really want to, I was on forums and things and was hearing guys and seeing guys talking about all these flavors they were getting from the pipe. And I was like, I'm not getting that. So I started ordering the tobaccos they were talking about and was starting to understand a little bit. I got my hand on some, uh, best Brown flake from Sam Gayworth. It was, shocked by this hay and grass taste that I was getting. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, so about probably five years ago, I guess 2018, I really kind of dove in and it's, I don't know, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on your perspective, it's been all downhill (laughs) since then. I'm very glad I was able to get my hands on some McClelland and, uh, stuff like that before that went out, but I didn't get a ton, but I did get to at least experience Frogmorton, and uh like blue mountain and some of that stuff so did you uh did you figure out that you like that uh latakia burnt stuff i actually do (laughs) uh i like it all honestly um but it kind of depends on you know the season i guess i tend to uh, have latakia more in like the fall and that kind of a season and then i'll start to kind of shift more towards virginia's and stuff as the weather warms up but the more that I have uh, smoked a pipe, I've actually gotten to where I really enjoy aromatics now. And I've also gotten some good aromatics. Uh, and that's been a complete game changer. And I'm like, 
this is this is good. It actually tastes like it smells. And I think it has a lot to do with my technique changing and, and the pipes that <laughs> yeah. I'm using now. But I still love a corn cob. I have a lot of them. Uh, but I have a lot of antique store pipes. I think that was part of my uh, pipe acquisition disorder. The way it hit me was antique stores. And so I was, I've got a lot of Grabos and K Woodies and things that I have picked up in antique shops and then cleaned them up a bit. And some of them have turned out to be really good pipes. So when when you talk about antique shops, you mean, you mean any place that sells old stuff and were you going out like once a week on a, on a regular route looking for them? No, it was really more if I was in uh, the area and I saw an antique shop, there were a couple that I knew about uh, when we were living in Virginia there was a, a couple up there. And if I was, if I found myself like in Lynchburg or places like that, I knew of a couple there that I, I actually scored pretty good. Uh, there was one down here in Winston actually that, uh, I've been able to get quite a few pipes from, but it, I have noticed, uh, the, the selection seemed to have thinned a bit. <laughs> I don't know if it's because I bought them all or if everybody is starting to pick them up and buy them. Um, but I'm also starting to move now a, a little bit away from that and starting to get some nicer pipes. I've had a couple uh, carved for me, some artisans, and I uh, picked up a, a few like Petersons, and I've got a couple Savinelli's and uh, a Radice that I really like. Um, so I'm starting to move past the uh, antique shop. I think I'll always get those because I enjoy cleaning them up and just watching them come back to life. But I think I'm moving on a little bit away from that. That's a perfect place for us to take a break. When we come back, we'll have more with Pasta Joda. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. For over 150 years, Peterson has welcomed all pipe smokers. It's the preferred choice of the thinking man and the everyman alike. And our workshop too is a place of hospitality and warmth. Hi, I'm Glenn Whelan, and for me, Peterson is a family tradition I've known since my childhood. My dad, Tony Whelan Jr., worked at Peterson for 53 years and has been my home since 2003. From sweeping our factory on a Saturday morning, to managing our store, to now steering our international distribution, I've seen the craftsmanship poured into each Peterson pipe. It lives in Jason's discerning eye as he handcrafts our silver accents and in Wojciech's able hands as he carves our rustications. It abides in Willie's grading and in Warren's papering. Peterson has welcomed us as contributors to its legacy. And it's a welcome we always extend to you. Cade Milafolge, 100,000 welcomes, wherever you come from, whosoever you be. You're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with the uh, with the journeyman antiquer that is Pastor Joda. Um, I'm going to guess that Joda is not your real name, but uh, it is not. You want you want to talk about the origin of it? Sure. Uh, so my real name is Joseph. Some people call me Joe. Some people call me Joey. Uh, and I'm a Star Wars fan, among other things. Um, and I've I've been in ministry, so I had gamer tags and forum tags, and uh, it just kind of ended up landing as Pastor Joda. Um, 
you know, kind of a playoff of Master Yoda. <laughs> I like it. And, and and may the force be with you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So uh, how many pipes do you own now? Oh, man. That's a good question. Uh, probably 30 to 40, I guess. Are you kind of lost count? Are you curating your collection and you know moving some on, or are you just acquiring and accumulating? So that's actually where I am at the moment. I'm looking at trying to actually do that, curate the pipes and kind of move a few on because there definitely are some that I've noticed I don't reach for. Uh, there's some I think I'll keep just because of sentimental reasons or things like that, but I am hoping to probably move some on and get some new ones that will help me justify that to my wife. (laughs) Look, honey, I sold three and I bought five. Don't worry. Right. Right. (laughs) I, I know that story very well. Um, how often are you smoking a pipe? It varies. I'm probably three to seven a week. Uh, it depends on the weather. You know, when Mm -hmm. it's nice out, I get a few more in. Uh, but there's definitely, there's weeks that go by that maybe I get one in. It just kind of depends on how things go. And and this is a question that I like to ask of the, uh, of the people of faith, because it seems like amongst the radio show listeners and amongst pipe smokers, there are more uh, people of faith or people that minister. Um, do you think it, do you think pipe smoking and, having a higher calling or a higher thought process kind of go hand in hand? I think it does, but that's really anecdotal, but it just seems like I I observe the same thing that you're talking about. And there definitely are great opportunities for if I sit down with a pipe, it gives me it. There's been some great times where I'm able to read the Bible and pray and uh, just kind of spend time thinking about meditating on, you know, what the Lord's saying to me. And so it's, it is a a built in pause and it's a rhythm. And I think, I think that a lot of faith practices in general, but especially uh, Judeo Christian faith practices, that rhythm is an important part of what it means to be a believer. The Sabbath rhythm and things like that, liturgy in a church service, all those things. So the, the pipe kind of plays right into that, the rhythms. That that's interesting because the yeah the Judeo Christian Sabbath whichever day whichever day or time or night of you you choose to pick it it's still a commandment to stop and yeah you know, end thing end end the work stuff and reflect and yeah and and that is a that's a rhythmic cycle absolutely. Uh, all right, so are you uh, stockpiling and hoarding tobaccos way beyond what your wife thinks is absolutely necessary? Uh, I think so. I, my cellar is very wide, not incredibly deep. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still, believe it or not, still in that phase of trying to really hone down what it is exactly that I like. I'm starting to decide what I don't like. Um, but, yeah, I had some buddies over this past International Pipe Smoking Day and they saw my cellar, and one guy said, you have more pipe tobacco than the pipe shop does in town. <laughs> and I, he's actually right, and that kind of was a reality check for me a little bit. 
congratulations. I've actually done that where I've walked into shops that say, oh, yeah, we sell pipe tobacco, and I'm carrying more than they have for sale. So. <laughs> Yeah, right. Those are really sad shops. I just turn around. That's and, true. Yeah. Turn around and walk back out. But, um, uh, what would you, is it a desire of yours to really just hone down to what you like, or would you be okay if you just liked a whole bunch of different things and never really found your sweet, you know, one, one narrow sweet spot? I probably will always like a lot of things, varieties, the spice of life kind of deal for me. I like all kinds of music and stuff like that. So I will probably always have a pretty wide selection that I reach for. Now, are you worried if you find one that you absolutely thoroughly enjoy and you've only got a few cans of it or a few pound, you know, a pound or two of it and then it goes away, <laughs> then what do you do? Yes, I I have one tin of Blue Mountain left, and I mourn that very much. So I'm not opening it. I don't know when I will, but I absolutely love that tobacco. And to only have had, you know, three tins of it, um, yeah, I'm like, well, I wish I could have got more of that for sure. Yeah, but the the I mean, these are all life lessons, and uh, there there's a bigger story in there somewhere. One that I'm not smart yeah. enough to uh, enumerate. Uh, what is the Holy Grail pipe for you right now? Probably a Jeff Grasick. His his pipes just, they're beautiful. And the care that he seems to put into those, um, I just feel like that would be a pretty awesome pipe to have someday a long time from now after I sell a lot of antique pipes. <laughs> Just don't tell your wife, and, and I right. won't. I won't tell her either. Um, but uh, um, all right. So uh, I've I've offered the opportunity for you guys to ask me anything you want to know. So guess what? It's your turn. Cool. Well, actually, one of these ties into your question earlier, mm -hmm. uh, as far as curating my collection. Um, that is because I'm considering that and looking at routes to do that. Do you have any recommendations for a good way specifically to offload these, these antique shop pipes where a lot of them are gray bows or K woodies uh, that, you know, kind of in that vein of pipe. I'm not uh, so far haven't come across any like old Peterson's or Dunhill's or anything like that. So uh, is there a great Avenue to, go about unloading those that kind of is worth the trouble yeah so if they're if they're clean and in good condition um and you're and you're handy with a uh with a camera which nowadays any old iphone's got a pretty good camera on it um ebay is probably your best bet uh you know you you if you don't, if you've never sold on eBay, you want to go on there and build up your, you want to get a few feedbacks and stuff like that first before you start selling stuff. So buy a few things here and there. Um, it may even be a chance for you to buy some pipes that are dirty to bring them home and, you know, and clean them up and resell them. But you, you really want to make sure that you've got some, some sort of a, uh, you know, some sort of activity on your account. And then just make sure that the pipes are clean and you take photographs of them. 
eBay is going to take about 15%, uh, a 15% commission on it. And you're going to have to, you know, you got to figure in the shipping. So that would probably be the best bet for them or a, uh, you know, or a pipe show someplace like that. Cause you're with those price, you know, with those pipes, you're down in the prices of, you know, 25, 30 bucks is, right. is really where they're at. Um, yeah, so between uh, between pipe shows or something like that, maybe selling to friends through Instagram or Facebook or whatever, um, you know that's that's going to be the that's going to be the best model for it. Uh, you know, you're cool. not you're not going to get anywhere with trying to trade them into. You, know, you can't send in fifty um, fifty K woodies and stuff like that to smoking pipes because they've got a floor of a of a pricing that they have to do. Uh, for sure yeah but but you could actually turn it into a little bit of a of a side business as well and you know buy dirty pipes on on ebay for prices that you think you can reasonably successfully clean them up and put them back up on ebay and uh you know sell on saturday minister on sunday yeah it's a good idea uh yeah, and that's it. And, the, and again, my process is if I haven't smoked a pipe in a while, I pick it up and I smoke it again, and I ask myself why haven't I smoked it in a while? And uh, certain pipes have sentimental feelings to me, and I will not sell those for any reason. And then the pipes that I just haven't smoked in a while, you know, I just have to be cold and calculating and say, okay, maybe it's time for you to go to somebody else who will love them <laughs> love you a lot more and smoke you a lot more often than me so uh, yeah that's a great great idea yeah all right next question uh so the next one is uh something that actually came up earlier today i was not what i was planning on asking you about hmm. but i discovered this and it's kind of puzzled me i have some it's a twist tobacco that's actually from overseas it's a uh, mozek that somebody had given me a couple of years ago and I opened this jar with intentions on having some and there was what appeared to be actual mold on it, uh, not sugar crystals or bloom mm -hmm. uh, and actually has a moldy mildewy smell to it. I'm assuming you would affirm that that would be mold, but my question would be, is there a way to prevent that from happening since my cellar is so wide? I mean, I have a lot of Mason jars. All right. So the difference between mold and sugar crystals or what's commonly called as plume is uh, mold will smear when you wipe it with your finger where the bloom will, will just disappear. Uh, so if the mold kind of smears and looks kind of mush, mushroomy, kind of pillowy, that's definitely mold. Uh, if you, so if there was a problem with the tobacco in the first place and then you put it in a jar, there is nothing you can do to save it. Uh, there's just going to be a problem with the tobacco. And that may, that problem with tobacco may have happened in the processing of it, may have happened where it was stored. Uh, it could have gotten mold on it from being touched and, somebody had something on their hands and it had a mold like reaction to the tobacco. And then 
when you got it, you might have put it into a jar and didn't see anything, but putting it in that secret dark container and letting it sit for years gave that stuff a place to grow. Um, when If you're worried about jarring stuff up and it molding, the only thing that I can suggest to you is that you rinse out the jar uh, prior to jarring it up. Rinse the jar with really hot water. Uh, you know, maybe boil some water and then let it cool down a little bit because I don't want you scalding yourself. But uh, boil, you know, pour hot water into that jar. Pour hot water over the lid and the ring and let it dry in a clean spot and that will kill anything that might be living in the jars because you can get a bad batch of jars or you can have jars that have been used before and you know you didn't clean them out real well before you used them again but anything that's in there is going to grow just like you know just like the tobaccos mature <laughs> any little creatures that are growing in the night might grow along with it so Right. Yeah, I would just make sure and boil it. Yeah, boil it and make sure that when you're doing it, you're you're you know you've washed your hands because if you're yeah, yeah, don't be out in the garden picking stuff and then come running in and play with your tobacco. That's Uh, a good idea. um, That's why I don't have a garden. Uh, But but yeah, mold is a it's it's a natural. I mean, it's a natural thing, and it happens to happens to a lot of tobacco products more often than we would like. This is definitely the first time I've seen it where, I mean, it's kind of brown and has a little different uh, color to it than what I've seen in the past. But it it has a smell about it that seems very distinctively old basement kind of yep. mold smell. Yeah. And, and having traveled a lot and stayed in hotels that were not four star and five star all the time, I can walk into a room and smell it. And you, you know, you just know that there's some dankness in there. Uh, mm. or I get a little bit of a, um, uh, a little bit of a citric ammonia odor, um, which is kind of a weird way to describe it, but I think it's cause they try to spray some basic chemicals around and don't really do anything to it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's out there. Uh, the tobacco that you have, I would, I would say if you wanted to try to save what you what is moldy you might want to try cutting away the stuff that the mold is in contact with um maybe zapping it in the microwave for 15 20 seconds which should be enough to kill any of the mold spores that are inside and then maybe try rejarring it and let it stabilize and see if that helps it to to stop growing mold but usually once a batch goes moldy it goes moldy uh, yeah and that's that's about all there is to it. Uh, yeah, hope that uh, hope that hope that answered your question, and I hope you never have to deal with it again. Sure. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. All right, Pastor Jota, we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? I am. So, what is your favorite pipe? At the moment, it is actually an antique store pipe. It is a an old Barclay Rex that I got, just a straight billiard military. Uh, but everything that I smoke in that pipe tastes better. 
I have no <laughs> idea what it is, but it just tastes better. And what is your favorite tobacco that is not moldy? Uh, um, probably at the moment is Kringle Flake. Oh, have you noticed a difference between the years? I have noticed a little bit of a difference the last two years from the year prior. But yeah, the last two years seem to have been kind of consistent, but definitely from 2019 or to our 2020, I guess, to 21 and 22 seem to be different. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite drink? Coffee. Yay. Please, please tell me just black coffee. Most of the time, unless it's not of satisfactory quality, then I have to make it palatable. <laughs> Sugar it up to survive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? It's probably going to be a little bit of all of them, depending on uh, kind of the scenario. Uh, but, yeah, I would probably say any of them. I don't get a ton of time for movies, so probably more music and books. And then lastly, do you have a favorite pipe-smoking-related memory? Uh, yeah, actually, that... Uh, Last year's International Pipe Smoking Day uh, was my first opportunity to actually get together with a bunch of guys that are in my faith community and smoke pipes together. Um, I've not been in the past in faith communities where we were able to be, you were able to be open about that. Um, and out of love and respect for the people that I'm with, um, I don't flaunt pipe smoking or anything like that in front of them. But this church that I'm a part of now um, is very open and, and okay with respect and love towards those that are not. But uh, we've got some guys that I'm able to get together and smoke pipes with and open a tin of half and half. Uh, it was with the key and we had to like un unroll the tin <laughs> and we opened this tin up and smoked it on international pipe smoking day with a bunch of guys from my church and it was awesome. It was one of the coolest moments uh, so far of my pipe smoking journey for sure. And now you got the makings of a pipe club. <laughs> I have considered it. I have considered it. Yeah. Just add another thing for you to do during the week. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Joda, thank you very much for coming on and doing this. It's uh, yeah. I feel like I've known you forever cause I see your name in the comments and I know you've, been active on country squire radio and i was like i was surprised that it's only been six six years or so and so yeah i have a tendency to go all in with things whenever i get into it yeah i think that's another pipe smokers trait too especially those yeah, of us is. that are on the uh, collecting and obsessing side so uh, but thanks again for coming on thanks ryan and we'll be back in just a minute. Take a look at your pipe rack. Are all those briars and mirrors constant companions in your rotation? Or are there some that you gravitate to more than others? Are there some that you simply don't smoke anymore? Through SmokingPipes.com's estate trade program, you can transform those underused pipes into immediate cash or store credit. Just send us your pipes and we'll unpack inspect, and evaluate them based on extensive market research and over 20 years of experience. Then, we'll contact you with a detailed offer for your choice of cash or store credit 
valid on any items in our vast selection of pipes, tobacco, cigars, and accessories. If you're not happy with our quote, we'll return your pipes free of charge to domestic addresses. It's that simple. Join the thousands of Smoking Pipes customers who have benefited from this program and start your trade today by contacting us at 888-366-0345. That's 888-366-0345. This is Internet Radio. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and as uh, as I was chatting with Pastor Joda and his love of Star Wars, it kind of reminded me of the uh, of the Hanukkah presentation that we did in 1978 for Hebrew school, and it was kind of a uh, a, a Star Wars version of the Hanukkah story. So. Anyway, um, um, wonderful people in this uh, in this community, and you know, the the Bible and Star Wars and a pipe sounds good to me. Um, all right, for music, it is spring, and we're going back to one of my favorites, and this is Dan Locklear's uh, Symphony Number no. One. This is the spring movement uh, performed by the Slovak Radio Symphony Orchestra under the uh, direction of Kirk Trevor. Thank you. 
things about Dan, go to his website, Locklair, L-O-C-K-L-A-I-R.com. And uh, he lives up in Winston-Salem. I wonder if he and Pastor Joda have met. Mm, message from the dark side there is. I couldn't resist playing that one, but uh, yeah, mailbag comments or questions can be emailed to me, Brian at PipesMagazine.com. That's B-R-I-A-N at PipesMagazine.com. And we got a big mailbag to get caught up on. So uh, going back uh, two weeks ago to the visit with Andre Tessier, Dino says, I enjoyed the update on your tobacco blending experiment. Andre's backstory was quite fun and wide ranging. His explanation and promotion of the UPCA smoke contest was well done and entertaining. Andre is the kind of guy with whom you want to hang out and share a bowl. Uh, great Sammy song. And then uh, Dino says, my daughter who lives upstairs in our two flat with her family gets regular deliveries from Chewy for her dogs. And I often think I hear Louie the Shepherd Mix singing the peanut butter song. <laughs> uh, thanks for another terrific show, Dino. <laughs> You're welcome, Dino. And uh, Casey Ghost says, just a real good episode. I enjoyed the pipe parts segment of the tobacco blending and cellaring experiment you're performing. Kind of interesting, but I would never attempt it. 
I enjoyed the interview with Andre and his explanation of the UPCA involvement in smoking contests. I knew those things were a pain to judge, but Andre makes it really look difficult. Uh, no thanks. You'd have to believe the judges must go nuts at times. Uh, the Fast Smoke Contest has got to be a real tough one to judge. Uh, Sammy Davis Jr. is a real pro at singing, and the song he sung on the show was a beauty. Real good music. Uh, we get chewy deliveries at the house, but for our cat, not a dog. When one arrives at our house, the cat is rather curious about what is in it. Then we open it, and true to all cats everywhere, the first thing he does is climb in the box. <laughs> cats love boxes. The cat refuses to entertain humans by singing the peanut butter song. It's beneath him. <laughs> yeah, cats are a little, uh, uh, cats are a little uppity. And then Rick Three Wood says another great show. Mister Tessier's interview was interesting, and adding a Sammy Davis Jr. song was icing on the cake. Keep up the fun shows. I started listening at show five twenty-seven. I've got to find time for the older ones. Yeah, squeeze them in there one at a time slowly. Don't uh, don't overdose on this. Um, and then Andre says, this was a great show. Your guest was sexy as all get out. And quite frankly, it was a joy to be on the show. Thanks for having me on. See you at Chicago. <laughs> Looking forward to it. And then J.M. Smitty says, although I've never met Andre in person, I've definitely seen him at Chicago and NASPC shows. And he is every bit the character and visualization as he was on the show. Fascinating the work he is doing to help and uh, promote pipe clubs. I may have to pull him aside and talk to him about that in Chicago. Wonderful song and rant. Thanks for another great show, Jason. And you are welcome. Uh, Romeo Wood says, hey, I know that guy. He looks, he looks a lot better on radio. <laughs> I wonder if he's talking about me or Andre. Could be either one. Uh, and then Bryant Malone writes in, uh, hi, Brian. It sounds like your 2019 custom blend is coming along nicely. I can't, can't wait to hear how it tastes in a couple few more years. Andre from United Pipe Clubs was a great interview with a wealth of information. I really enjoyed the discussion on both the show and fast smoke competitions, uh, both the slow and fast smoke competitions and their associated war uh, rules. It really makes me want to go to go to the Chicagoland show even more than I already do. Uh, your musical selection was excellent this week. Sammy is always a great listen, in my opinion. As is the case every week, I look forward to hearing Dino and Casey Ghost share their opinions on this number. <laughs> also, great rave about Chewy.com commercials. I also enjoy these spots, and they make me laugh, too. Thanks for another excellent episode, and keep up the good work. Best regards, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Uh, and uh, over there on the iTunes or the uh, Apple Podcasts, I uh, got a review from Holmes77785. Oh, no, Honest77785. And it says five stars. Uh, it says, Brian and Kevin do an excellent job to keep everyone entertained and apprised of everything going on in the industry. The only problem is that if you binge 500 episodes to get caught up, you find the, if you find the show <laughs> after you find the show, you can't stand his voice. <laughs> yeah i know i can't stand my voice either uh but do appreciate the five star rating and review and again if you have a opportunity would much appreciate one over there on the itunes and then going back to last week's show with uh, neville uh dino says 
Chris's difficult question was nicely handled by Jeff and you. The answers were succinct, yet I think perfectly on target. Uh, Neville's conversation with you was quite enjoyable and revealing. His fire story and its aftermath made me both sad for his loss and glad for how he dealt with it. Rebuilding on the ashes, <laughs> pun intended. Uh, your answers to Neville's questions about tipping ash and tamper maintenance seemed right on for not only him, but also your general audience. What a great fun guest he was, or what a fun guest he was, yeah. Uh, interesting music choice. I found it moving and loved how it rocked. Thankfully, my doctor doesn't care that I smoke a pipe and an occasional cigar. He's more right, rightly focused on my addiction to food. Thanks for another always entertaining show, Dino. <laughs> You're welcome, Dino. And if yeah, Dino and food, boy, if D, if Dino likes, if Dino gives you a food recommendation, take it. Uh, Casey Ghost says, "I thought the reader's question took you and Jeff a little by surprise." All I got out of it was everything is kind of alike except the Danes who are doing their own thing. The interview with Neville was very good, though his accent was a little jarring at first. Uh, you could have given us a little warning about it, <laughs> but no matter, it just took a couple minutes to adjust to it, then I was fine. Uh, his loss of pipes and tobacco was disheartening to me. Fortunately for him, that's a small loss compared to a human life. The price of loose tobacco in Australia is brutal, and it is amazing that he rebuilt it back so quickly. At $75 US per tin, it had to drive uh, many Aussie pipe smokers away. Your answers to, her, to his questions were fairly cogent and apply to all smokers. Uh, my doctor is a little strange. Some visits he doesn't say anything, and sometimes he's acting like I must be a fool. Don't appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, as a matter of fact, <laughs> I may have to change doctors. Real good show. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Uh, and then uh, let's see. Uh, J.M. Smitty says, great conversation with Neville. I'm glad you're able to speak to someone outside of the U.S. as part of the series. It really brings a different perspective to the hobby and conversation. I'm guilty of taking for granted the prices, but also Neville's comments about smoking smaller bowl pipes and not smoking too often because of the prices. Uh, this is something I've never once had to think about being here in the States, and I'm very thankful for that. Another great show, Jason. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, you know, it's fun to get the world perspective in on stuff. Uh, and then finally, Bryant Malone says, uh, Hi, Brian. Your latest episode was great as always. Mr. Neville Smith was another interesting addition to the Journeyman series. His take on variety for the newbie and the expert was profound. His story was fascinating, and not just because it took place thousands of miles away. Uh, Jeff was his typically nimble self while navigating the task of briefly explaining the characteristics and differences between the schools of pipe making. He always gets his point across without going over our heads. Uh, Jody's band is very talented, and this cut was another good one. While not in my wheelhouse, it was nevertheless quite well done. Thanks for keeping us entertained and informed. Best regards, Brian. Uh, you're welcome. And again, comments, questions, email them to me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Uh, suggestions, send them on, brian at pipesmagazine.com. And uh, rant time's coming up next. Since its beginnings in 1876, Savinelli has become more than just a pipe factory. 
It's become a lifestyle. From sourcing the finest Mediterranean briar and partnering with local artisans to acquire unique accents, to expanding their catalog each year with new innovative series, Savinelli produces high-quality Italian pipes that serve as a reflection of your individual tastes. With a portfolio that ranges from rugged designs fit for the outdoors to elegant pieces destined for black tie galas, Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. There's nothing quite like a good book or my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. See for yourself at corncobpipe.com. is a reminder to myself as well as everybody that is listening to me right now uh, when you send a when you send a correspondence email handwritten text tweet whatever you send you know it's important that you take the time to um, reread it before you send it off all right make sure it is clear and concise so that the other person doesn't have to do what I'm about to tell you right now if you get an email or a correspondence or a text or a tweet or whatever you get and you're not quite sure what the person is asking and you don't maybe there's a word in there that's tripping you up and you can't figure it out you know you've looked up the definition well reply back uh, to them don't try to guess what they're saying so many times I see people where you know I'm not the best writer and I may write something that's uh, slightly cockeyed uh, but you know, I just see them trying to guess what I am meaning and replying back with something that is so completely off what I was meaning. Uh, just take the time to try to figure out what the meaning is. So first, take the time to make sure that you proofread and you are clear and concise in your messages. Second, make sure that you're answering the messages and that you're replying back to those <laughs> with the original intent. Because oftentimes I find myself going back and forth just trying to clear up one simple thing. Uh, also, make sure, and this is for you professionals out there, make sure that if somebody sends you multiple questions that you answer all the damn questions, all in the same email, all at the same time, please take the time to do that. Would you? Thank you. All right. Yeah. yeah. Communication is so key, and especially when we have so many different ways of communicating now that it's information overload and you just want to, you know, just want to put it all in one place and try to figure it out. All right. Again, comments, questions, email me, Brian at pipesmagazine.com. Uh, Vegas Pipe Show Info, or Las Vegas International Pipe Show Info is available at vegaspipeshow.com. Uh, boy, four weeks to Chicago. Hope to see a lot of you there. Thank you to Pastor Joda for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time. The clouds when we're together just 
Sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy It's very important you don't stink today. Hey, I make no guarantees.